Welcome back to the Jackets Online podcast. Hey, we're making it two in a row and uh, two weeks in a row. Uh, Russell Johnson's joining me. We are in the midst of camp season now. Um, Georgia Tech had their first camp today. We were recording this Thursday night. I was down there covering the camp. You know, in this day and age, um, camps at the non elite factory level are basically opportunities to scout classes, bring guys in that maybe you quote unquote offered, but it's an offer to come to camp really and show that you actually can play. Um, so there was some of that going on. There were a couple of interesting kids. Um, you know, if you want to get real in depth on it, you can go read uh, my updates on JOL. Um, yeah. You know, the funniest one was Matt Harpering's son, who's a 2024 receiver, was there and it just made everyone feel old that was down there that watched Matt play um, either in college or the NBA. Um, but yeah, so that was sort of the, you know, it was sort of an interesting camp. The kid that I really liked was, um, what's his name? Um, Russell, what's the kid's name? The kid from Meadow Creek. I'm like blanking out on his name now. Meadow Creek, Andre Craig. Yeah, Andre Craig was great. He put on a show, man. Like he had some pretty mediocre rece- uh, quarterbacks at times thrown. I mean, what what? So what happens there too? Like people might read that incorrectly. So what happens is you have they might have thirty quarterbacks, right? Like in this camp, they probably did. And you know, five or six of them are good. The other are guys that paid their money to come camp and learn, or are kids, or get a t-shirt yeah and you know like you have a learning experience or whatever and they're their high school quarterback and whatever so that you know the 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 quality varies wildly even at a place like uga because i covered their camps back in the day like you you so (laughs) so a kid like that that's running routes he kind of suffered depending on who was playing quarterback and how how that went um he did a great job. He, he won all of his reps, basically, um, going against some decent DBs. He was impressive. You know, the O-line, D-line, I didn't watch a ton of that. That was not – there just wasn't a lot appealing to me in that group. They were they went over to the other part. They were in the indoor, and I was out in the stadium watching everyone else. Um, so I didn't feel like schlepping back and forth to go watch any of the O-line, D-line stuff. Um other than to, to get a quick glimpse of it. So, yeah, it was a, it was okay camp. Um, it was nice to kind of get back in the swing of things. Good to see, got to see a lot of the kids too. I mean, that's one of the cool things about doing the camps is like getting to check in, just say hi, like do things you can't normally do even at a practice or whatever, because you get a chance to say hello and, um, you know, get to, just shoot the proverbial breeze with the, um, you know, people you don't get a chance to maybe talk to all the time anymore. And everyone's super excited to see you. There's no pressure. It's not the season. So that's a cool part of camp too. Um, all in all, no successful, yet. <laughs> yeah, successful day. Um, you know, it was cool. I finally got to see Del Alexander coach a little bit. Um, he got added into the fray, uh, obviously in the, um, in the sort of tail end of spring football when, when Kerry Dixon left to go to the NFL and uh, Dell's a good dude. And um, 
we have a lot of mutual friends, so I've gotten to know him a little bit before. So that was good. Um, so all in all, just a, you know, a successful day. I think, um, you know, we have one, two, three, four, five, five more camps. I think, you know, various types coming up over the, the next three weeks, um, three and a half weeks. And then the biggest kind of thing that I had forgotten about and um, came up today was that they're going to allow OTAs this off season for, for college football. And if you're not familiar with that, those are basically like the, what the NFL does in terms of like sort of off season workouts, they have voluntary and involuntary. And um, this will allow players to spend, I think it's four hours over two days. So it's two hours a day, basically doing, you know, basically, shorts and you know maybe a helmet i'm not sure if helmets are allowed or not but they get to work with coaches hands on learn stuff work on things um instead of doing like the you know the basically uncontrolled seven on sevens which is what uh, a lot of teams relied on on the off season these guys are actually going to be able to to be coached you know in the past you had to rely on your older kids to teach young guys your offense or defense vice versa whatever they came into and the route trees and all this. Now the coaches can actually work on it with them. So it also takes pressure off your strength staff who, you know, basically are monitoring these kids during their voluntary summer workouts. And I'm sure they're getting blown up all the time by coaches. How does so-and-so look? They'll be able to see all this stuff for themselves. So that's great. They'll get their hands on the kids. So I think that's a win-win. It's about time they do something like that. Um, the kids are all around doing summer school anyway. So it makes a lot of sense. So that was sort of the fun thing. I think they're going to start that next week and they'll go like Tuesday, Thursday or whatever it is. I think that's what they're doing. Um, and they get to meet, have some meetings and stuff. So that's great. Um, I think that's a, a, a win for, for college football there. But yeah. So that was sort of the long and short of it. Um, Russell's not quite down in the ATL yet to, to suffer through camp season. It was, hotter than hell down on uh, the field at, at Bobby Dodd at Grant Field uh, today, but um, you'll be able to suffer uh, soon enough, buddy, for these. That's right. That's right. It'll be, uh, look like, from everything I've seen, the, uh, the sun was shining and probably a, a warm, warm June day in Atlanta. Yeah, it rained for like four minutes, like just drip drops. And then it was during just, the camp. Yeah. And then it was just ridiculously hot. Um, so fun times, but yeah, so that was, uh, you know, I don't, you know, if you want to read more about it, just go on JLL. I don't want to get into the weeds and are we, to, uh, are we old again. enough for Drake Kirkpatrick's kit to be a recruit? Yeah, that was a pretty funny, uh, another one of these, uh, things I'm enjoying getting to see dudes that, I, you know, I watched play covered maybe games of, um, as a reporter now having kids, uh, playing. And there were quite a few sibling situations. Yeah. Jeremiah Atachu's little brother, David, who's a 2023, probably like a walk-on type kid. He was there camping again. He camped last year. Just, you know, he's actually not bad. He's just short. Um, and has like some Reinhardt level offers that kind of, you know, maybe one double A, maybe low FCS offers, but, you know, be a nice little walk on for Georgia Tech, be a good story too. Um, 
you had him, you had Harpering's kid, you had Drake Kirkpatrick's kid. So, um, and then there were a couple of other kids that were former players. They were just dudes I didn't know. So I don't know. Like, I didn't know who the kids were or the dads. So I can't tell you. I just know there were some former players that are older, um, like dudes mm. older than me that were there from like the O'Leary era. They had a couple kids. They were their kids weren't players or anything. They were just there camping to to get the experience playing high school football. So yeah, that was sort of the the nutshell of the the camp experience today. Um, you know, it was fun to be back out, sort of having, you know, it was more normal than like a year ago. And a year ago is still a little bit weird with all the COVID stuff, and it's feeling a little more normal. So that was nice. Um, even you know with that stuff still going on but um it was nice to to feel a more uh it felt a little bit more like 2019 2018 kind of summer camp than uh than last year so that was cool too yeah and then there were also some uh pretty pretty talented visitors who weren't camping weren't weren't there looks like yeah i know there was the the eagles landing christian duo who already posted i know they posted about their visits on social media that's zachariah owens and rj johnson. johnson yeah what a great name rj johnson you know that just sounds just like greatness <laughs> yeah you should be all over that one that's your uh your namesake dude basically me um but the crazy thing is, is there's two rj johnsons in the uh in, in the in the state of georgia that are 2023 recruits yeah the other one's a quarterback right yeah, yeah, quarterback at Westlake, and this one's the, the cornerback from Eagles Landing, who is probably the better of the two. If I, actually, let me get rid of the word "probably" is the better of the two. Um, but a lot of people thought early on in the process that kids were or uh, coaches were just going to recruit Johnson as a way to get closer with Owens and try to secure that. Um, but both of them have really develop their own recruitments and it'll be um, really interesting to see throughout the month what rj johnson does if he you know gets back and schedules an ov um, same thing with owens who will be at clemson this weekend yeah owens you know my takeaway from him seeing him was just um a little doughy this time of year right now he probably needs he's been probably chilling a little too much um in the off season, but really imposing looking dude, big fake, you know, big physical looking offensive lineman. Just, uh, he's got a little baby fat on him. RJ, you know, was a good looking DB. I think RJ didn't he have like a top 10 and like they're, you know, what the schools recruiting them are very different. Um, between, as you're kind of alluding to that, it's been a little bit different between the two of them. So that's, that's been kind of interesting. I wouldn't be shocked as you said, to see Owens take a, an OV or an RJ. And I'm sure they were happy to have them back on campus and they just hung out a little bit. They weren't really even at the camp that long. They toured campus and did a bunch of other stuff from what I understand. Um, we're hanging out with, with some of the players and on the team and that kind of thing, rather than just watching the camp all day. Um, right. Especially because it was miserably hot. Johnson's got a top 10 of Kentucky, Rutgers, Florida, Georgia Tech, Arkansas, South Carolina, LSU, Louisville, Wake Forest, and Boston College. So, yeah, that's a totally different. Uh, yeah, Owens has more of the uh, 
traditional like big Georgia high school recruit list with like Cle- the Clemsons of the world and that kind of thing. So Clemson, Michigan, Florida State, Nebraska, those type of things. Yeah. Clemson. It's hard to remember all his offers because there's a point where he got his Twitter got hacked and then uh, he was DMing he was DMing me at one point from three different accounts. And I'm like, I don't know which one is you, dude. Oh, that's fun. Oh, to be a kid in the age of uh, Twitter, I'm, I'm certainly glad that I was not. I was having a conversation with one of the coaches today about um, what it's like for kids to, like, travel now, like, you know, having a have a 12 and a two-year-old. And my uh, 12-year-old has no idea, like, what it was like. My parents threw me in the back of the car and would drive, like, 17 hours to Massachusetts when I was a kid, you know, with no – there was nothing. Like, you just had – the radio if you brought like some comics or whatever or books maybe you had that maybe not because we were driving at night a lot um and my kids got like a switch and you know he's got his own phone and they have no idea and they complain still and i'm like you got nothing to complain about dude i would have died for this like when i was your age so right right you don't know russell you're young blood you don't know what that's like either dude not all of it I don't know too much, but I'm, I'm, most of my road trips were spent listening to, to music in the back seat. Yeah, but that's how it should be. But it's really about it. Just like on and headphones and stuff like that. So yeah, man, dude, we used to have to make mixtapes and all kinds of stuff. Like you don't I feel even like know we're forgetting. I feel like we're forgetting a visitor. Oh, uh, yeah, there's, there was one rather interesting visitor that's been sort of the talk of the day. Uh, that would be Mr. Uh, Javon Baker from formerly of Alabama, uh, wide receiver, Georgia Tech recruited the ever loving, you know, what out of, out of high school. And, uh, yeah, it looked like he was going somewhere else in the portal. Now he was at Georgia Tech. So, it's been interesting. His recruitment sort of hit reset and it was sort of interesting to see him show up in the middle of camp. We knew he was visiting ahead of time, yeah. but we're expecting yeah. it to be on the down low. And then <laughs> he, on he the literally <laughs> walked to the 50 yard line of the camp with coach Collins. And I was like, in Kenyatta Watson, and I was like, huh? And I talked to a source and they were like, cool. So I was like, all right. <laughs> I know you were surprised when you saw that I posted it because we had literally had a discussion about this last night. Like, what should we do um, with this story that we were kind of sitting on? And uh, so it was very funny that it was just so public that like, you know, he was just standing there in all of his glory. Uh, a dude who yeah. could be a real difference maker for them if they can get him and get him in school and all the million things that are involved with his his recruitment and have been since day one. Um, yeah, I think that's the uh, that's the issue. But you know, like I I said in the the Q and A tonight on JOL, I, I feel like it is at this point of Jeff's tenure, 
I mean, it, it, it's got to be worth the risk with the amount of talent that Baker has. I mean, and that is something that is a good symbol of how badly Collins needs to win, but also how talented Baker is. Because, you know, when he was still committed to the University of Kentucky, there was quite a bit of uh, buzz about three weeks ago, maybe two weeks ago, where, you know, I was talking to a couple sources and they were like, you know, I don't know if it's going to happen. You know, he may he may opt to be a little bit closer to home, that kind of stuff. Then there's other people who think he needs to get away from home. It, it's a it's a different situation. Um, but with with Baker and, and Kentucky, um, about two weeks ago, like I said, it, it seemed like things were going to um, end one way or another. And that was where I first started hearing a little bit about the possibility of Georgia Tech reentering the picture. And after remembering how close he was to taking that OV the final weekend before signing day, I'm like, yeah, okay, you know, that's that's cool. I didn't go and talk, try talking to other sources about it to get it confirmed or anything. You just kind of just kind of nod your nod and smile when it comes to those kind of things. Yeah, I think it's going to be an interesting um, sort of subplot thing to watch here going forward with Baker. Like, you know, it was him and Josh Downs, right, in that cycle that were the two guys. If you could get one of them, that was going to be sort of a game changer. And we've obviously seen what Downs has done at Carolina and how dynamic he is. And, and Baker's just as talented. So, um, you know, they wanted one or two, or if not both of them. So it'd be, it would be an interesting win for a program that needs like a little bit of splash, man. Like there just hasn't been um, any splash like that in a while. So it would be a nice, nice win for Jeff. Uh you know, in terms of just having someone that I think, yes, it's a hype thing, but also is is worth it. Like he's probably someone that can deliver on it a lot more, say, than, you know, taking Clemson's backup quarterback or whatever. Like this is a dude that can legit, like we have seen it with our own eyes, can legit play receiver and, and make plays and get in space and just, you know, has struggled with other things. Yeah. Yeah, that's a nice way to put it. Yeah, I mean, I've seen him at the five-star challenge, the All-American Bowl in San Antonio. Saw him at a seven-on-seven, I believe. You know, a rivals camp. I mean, kid's been all over the map in terms of, you know, being at events and showcasing his talent against the best of the best. It's just a matter of putting it all together. And if he could put it all together at, at Georgia Tech, he could potentially literally be there for one season and then go to the NFL. Yep. Um, so that's something to think about. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. The other sort of big thing looming is the first official visit weekend, which starts on starts when you hear this actually today. Um, right now, I think we're at six visitors. That could grow just depending on local, if one or two more local kids jump in and want to visit. That's sort of one of those things that can be fluid. You know, we've seen... I think three visitors added in the last 24 hours that were not confirmed as of earlier this week. So um, you can tune into JOL for a lot more on that. We'll kind of 
Russell will probably do a preview tomorrow of uh, just what to expect this visit weekend. I'd like to share a word with you now about our sponsor, Section 103, who bring you the best Georgia Tech clothes out there. Original, interesting clothing with the official Tech Gold and the official word mark and things that are hard to find anywhere else. I think it's the best uh, best tech apparel you can find on the interwebs. It's like the stuff that coaches wear. It's really cool. You get the AT, ATL logo that they have. Um, all the stuff, super comfortable, super cool. And they even have youth sizes and women's clothes and, and are constantly adding things. I think, uh, the guy who does it, I've gotten to know a little bit through uh, social media, and he just does an amazing job. Jackets Online uh, subscribers can get a discount of 10% off their first order by using the code Jackets Online, all caps, and check out section103.com. Um, great website. They have all kinds of cool stuff. And, and, you know, people for years have been asking me for cool Georgia Tech designs, unique things. Um, and even the coaches are starting to wear that stuff. You know, Andrew Thacker is wearing uh, one of the shirts at practice, which I thought was really cool and something I pointed out, not knowing that it was one of these designs. So check out our sponsor, Section 103. Great, great company. Um, Switching gears here uh, with about the seven or eight minutes we got left. Um, just uh, curious, you know, getting ready to, to start regional action with baseball and George Tech heads up to Knoxville to, to play probably the hardest matchup for them, which is playing teams that can really score a lot of runs uh, against with their sort of uh, – pitching staff that's hit and miss um just kind of what do you expect in this weekend uh up in knoxville and can georgia tech even get to where they're playing tennessee you know see you ask a lot of difficult questions and to be honest with you i don't think anything that happens this weekend will surprise anybody whatever it is um like you said georgia tech has struggled with teams this season they can outscore them uh, there was I can't remember the opponent. Wake Forest, wasn't it? Like that was it Wake that killed them? Yes, it was. Yeah. Like, and and that's something that has to to really sit in the minds of Georgia Tech fans, especially um the way that Tennessee has done it this season. Uh, you know, they've been one of the best teams in the country in terms of, you know, being able to get people on base and then hit with runners in, on base. And then you've got their first matchup, which they have to beat to get to Tennessee, assuming Tennessee beats Alabama State, is Campbell. And Campbell is going Camels, to test, baby. Campbell is going to test the arm of Kevin Parada multiple times. Um, Campbell has some of the best base dealers and base runners in general in the country and have shown that time and time again this season. Um, so if they're able to get on base against John Medich, who is starting tomorrow, as I posted on Twitter earlier this evening or Thursday evening, um, if they're able to get to him and get on base, I think that's where George Jack could see themselves in a lot of early trouble. I mean, they need to get a solid four or five innings out of Medich, and then from there can go with, you know, whatever they need to, to get to the finish line. But 
um, they have to win that game. And, and if not, and they see themselves against Alabama State, um, that's the, the situation where a lot of coaches would love to toss out their number two starter. But in reality, that's probably not what you should do, especially if you're playing an opponent, nothing against the Alabama State. But, you know, I don't really think you need to start Marquise Grissom against them, to be honest. Sure. If you can't if you can't throw Chance Huff out there and get six innings of effective work, giving up four runs or less, then you have more problems than one. And I think that's the other thing. But talking to people around college baseball and really around the country, um, the way that Tennessee's ballpark it plays, um, it sounds like there's going to be a hell of a lot of runs scored in Knoxville. Um, the series starts at noon tomorrow, and the first game is going to be on ESPN Plus, which is a, a bit of a, a downer for for Georgia Tech fans. But I'm sure there's plenty of people who have ESPN Plus at this point. Um, and then the the other matchup, I believe, is on um, SEC Network, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, the Tech um, fans will enjoy that. The um, well, that's the the Tennessee Alabama State game. Sure, um, but but really, I mean, it's crazy time across the country because you know you've got all these OV weekends kicking off all over the country, and then you've got college baseball starting. And then you said you got OTA starting. Um, something I thought was crazy is the fact that in Miami, of all places, where you know everybody's bound and determined to have a, a nice night the day before. They're playing baseball tomorrow morning, starting at 10 a.m. Because they're trying under to storms the, or whatever. The storm, the, yeah, the storms that are coming. So the regional is kicking off tomorrow at 10 a.m. And then 30 minutes after is the second game, and they're just going to keep trying to go as much as they can tomorrow before the rain hits. Mm. And and that's something that is another factor potentially, especially with so many hosts in the southeast. Because you've got, gosh, you've got Miami, you've got Florida, you've got Georgia Southern, you've got Tennessee, you've got Auburn. Southern Miss hosting, were they? You've got Southern Miss, yeah. yeah. And uh, nope, South Carolina and Clemson didn't make it. Uh, I was going to say one of those, but neither one of them did. North Carolina, if you consider them the South, um, they get so, Southern yeah. weather there. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. And the Tar Heels, they're one of the, the hottest teams in the country, you know, coming off that ACC tournament championship. And it's, they didn't know it, but they knocked the Wolfpack out of the NCAA tournament when they beat them. Yeah, I had a funny conversation with our NC State writer about uh, the, the Wolfpack's last uh, year with the NCAA and the, and the College World Series and what happened to them. They've Certainly uh, not had a great uh, run of it uh, after they got coveted out of the World Series and then don't even make it this year, which you feel like maybe you give them the benefit of the doubt in the situation after what happened. But nothing they do makes sense. So, uh, you know, uh, final thoughts going into this, just kind of what do you expect to happen tomorrow with, with Tech and the baseball team? I think they beat Campbell. Uh, I think uh, Tennessee is where th- there's really no pr- real prediction you can make. So um, if they throw Grissom and he can be as effective as he has been the last several outings, anything can happen. 
but if he struggles with walks, especially in that first inning, it could get ugly. Cool. Well, thank you, Russell. We're going to wrap this up. And thanks for listening to the Jackets Online podcast.